Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And today we're going to be talking about the oobly boobly. No, I don't. I don't know that we're going to talk about that one in particular. We'll get to them. We're today we're talking about the spiritual gifts. Who's got them and what are they good for? Wait, <laughs> <laughs> who's got them and how do I get them? Hey, have you seen the? Uh... <laughs> this is bad, man. <laughs> have you seen the videos on YouTube? Do you need to hit pause? <laughs> no, no. Have you seen the videos on YouTube where like Benny Hinn's got his magic coat and he's like going over the crowds and literally everyone's falling back, getting yeah. healed? Yeah. So that's all I, I wanted to say. The one where they, they put the uh, WWE wrestler in. So he like oh. goes and jacks people right right before. No, that would be great. Oh, awesome. They're like body slam. That's yeah. Do it with like a little uh, Mortal Kombat soundtrack in the background. Yeah. Finish him. Yeah, that's exactly what they do. Oh, that's dude, that's cool. awesome. That's awesome. Well, everybody, if you're wondering what in the world have you just tuned in for? Yes, this is the Church Planner Podcast. I am your co-host Pete Mitchell, and my partner over there is Peyton Jones. And today, my little buddy, I didn't want to say it. I, 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 you were thinking it. I could feel it. Not I, only I was I thinking it, movements in the force. The the audience was thinking it. <laughs> Everyone was thinking, it's Pete's little buddy, Peyton Jones. <laughs> That's all kinds of wrong. Which is just, it just goes to show you that God can use anyone, even in a small package. Like, like you know Peyton what? Jones. I open my next book, which incidentally is called Reaching Unreach, Becoming Raiders of the Lost Art. <laughs> With my short man syndrome. Um, uh, uh, and who would it be published by? 
Well, glad you asked that, Pete. It's published by Zondervan, and it drops on May 16th. And if you buy it now, it is 40% off, and you get a bunch of freebies. And the reason why he's letting you know that it's by Zondervan, he wants you to know, this isn't some self-published book. This is a real book. This is this is somebody real saying, you know what? I think Peyton Jones has something to say that we should all listen to. Yeah, it's the biggest mistake they ever made. Let's be honest, Pete. Yeah, but you know what? This is this is becoming habitual for these book publishers because <laughs> David hey, C. Cook Jones did the first guy. one. Yeah, they're like, you know, this guy can't really seem to sell any books, but man, can he sell himself to us because we're still buying them. <laughs> so I was a little bit disappointed uh, right before we started the podcast. I asked you, uh, what happened to your nose? Because you've got like this gash. It's like. It's it, pretty bad. I would I would actually classify it as it looks like you were shaving your nose. <laughs> like that's how bad of a gash it is. It it's bad. I mean, so I not only that, like I have a massive scar across my my face, right? My nose almost got chopped off years ago. And so, you know, it's not a pretty picture to begin with, but it's a face made for podcasting, let's just put it that way. Without Underneath a doubt. all this scar tissue, I'm incredibly sexy. But uh also the book Ching begins with um, it actually begins with that guy punching my head into the ground and knocking me out on the streets of Wales uh, in, in Port Talbot, which is kind of like the Detroit of Europe. And, you know, the uh, but but I, I not only do I have that scar over my left eye, um, big one across my nose. I look like my wife. I came out the other day. My wife goes, you look like a cage fighter. Because I, I bumped into the corner of the shed the other day doing garner, garden work. It's a metal shed, and and that one's going away there. Look, just because marijuana is legal in California doesn't mean you need to go out and do it. I, I've got a piece of skin missing off my the side of my nostril here and the top of my nose, the bridge. I've got a big piece of skin missing there. Tell him, tell him what the red mark on your nose that immediately drew my attention Tell them what it's from. I bought the 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 cheap breathe right strips. <laughs> That's the best, man. I I'm so cheap. I buy the cheap breathe right strips, and it rips my flesh off. Now, now wait a second. That's not me. You're the cheap guy here, right? Well, I'm that's what's so funny to me. <laughs> I'm like, so I was on Catalina. In fairness, I know better. I know better. But we were celebrating our 20 year anniversary, and uh, yours truly snores. And, and, I and can, let me let I me can, tell you, you're celebrating your 20th anniversary, and your wife's sitting there going, "Wow, I got me a winner! Look at hey, these scars." Hey, it's the surest way for me not to make it to 21 years of marital bliss is not to wear these things at night. Like I remember reading an article uh, about a guy who was 90 years old and he got up in the middle of the night. This isn't funny. But he 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 hammered his wife in the head or, you know, you hear of people like you'll read articles about people killing their spouse because they're so sleep deprived. That's not a good idea, by the way. And, but guys, that's not an excuse. OK, but uh, but anyways, it, it people literally like go nuts on this because they get sleep deprived. They can't sleep and the uh, marriages break over up, up over this now. <laughs> Andrew and I, our marriage is in no way going to break up. But anyways, my wife's like, you need to go buy Breathe Right strips today. Because it was like, if you ever saw that old commercial in the 80s for Time Life books, the Western series, he once shot a man just for snoring too loud. 
it, it was like that. Too young, didn't watch TV. You missed that one. It went right over. I, uh, y- you don't understand what my childhood was like. <laughs> I'm just saying, being a pastor's kid, it wasn't the same as everyone else. You caught up though. Oh, did I? You up for the last time. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, guys. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, I, um, we, we, we joke that, uh, the reason Jamie and I are still married to this day is because of TV. We don't have to talk. We got a TV. In fact, when we go visit my folks, you got to understand, you've, you have not been to my folks' house. They live up in San Francisco Bay Area. We're down here, obviously, in Southern California. And uh, we need TV. So they have a spare bedroom. There's no TV in this bedroom. She and I pretty much can't, like, make it. They've got, like, one TV in the whole house. It is, and I kid you not, a 35-year-old Zenith TV. Oh, man, it's got... Yeah. It weighs. Does it have like the push buttons, like where you have oh. to push the old plastic buttons on the front? Uh, it goes, it, no, it, it does have digital buttons. It does. I mean, this what? was like, yeah, dude, That's I'm telling you. Advanced 35 year old TV. Well, think about it. 35 years old, still mid 80s, you know. Just saying, we're yeah. kind of old now. And uh, it, it weighs probably 350, 350 pounds at least. And they have it like up on top of this credenza. So that's like, their TV, it's like they lifted it up and stuck it up on top of this thing. And it's got to be 32 inches. I mean, it's it's huge. It's the biggest TV you've ever seen in your life. And it's miserable being over there because there's nothing to watch. There's nothing Man. to do. And so, yeah, when we had kids, I finally just started using the excuse. You know what? Our kids need to stay at a hotel. <laughs> they need the extra room. <laughs> so now when we go and visit, we don't stay at their house. We, we stay at a hotel. You know your dad's listening right now going, I knew it. Oh, I don't. First of all, there's no way he listens to this podcast. Uh, and if he did, he's one of the guys who's fast forwarding through the smack talk. Well, I, as you say that, my mind goes back to growing up when we had the um, old wooden, you know, frame. Like you guys don't remember this, but your TVs used to be massive and they weighed a ton but they used to also sell them, I guess, because they would sit in your living room. They used to sell them in like giant wooden cabinets. Like, I don't mean like wooden cabinets, like where you lift the TV up and stick it. It was like this wooden, almost like coffee table down on the floor. You know what I'm talking about? It was like a big box and it had like ornate railings on it and wood. You know, it was all machined wood. But I mean, it was, it was in fact, it may have even been, you know. Uh, molded like particle board with like a veneer on. I don't remember, but all I can tell you is when Atari came out and we were playing video games in the Jones household, we were, we were not, you know, uh, we weren't the Osbournes, but we were not the, uh, the, the Christian home that, that you know and love listeners. Um, there was just a lot of cussing and a lot of foul tempers. And a lot of kicking. I'll, I'll tell you, every knob, every railing, every spindle was kicked off of that stinking TV. Every screen that was on there for the speakers was punched through. I mean, we took it out on that cabinet, man, when, you know, Space Invaders took over the world. It, it was when Pac-Man died, when Pitfall fell in the hole. I mean, it was like, it was brutal. 
And we took it out on that TV, man. Hey, TVs deserve it. That's what you know. What that's what I think. That's the reason why TVs are so cheap today. They want you to take it out on the TV. That's why they make them flat now. So you keep them far out of reach. You know, they stick them up on the wall. Yeah. So you don't take it out on the TV. So, hey, um, I was able to sell uh, both of my cars. I was able to sell my Mustang and my Volkswagen Bug. They're gone. You feel two cars lighter then, do you? Dude, let me tell you, I feel like I got a whole bunch of room <laughs> now at my house. I'm like, wow, these two cars are gone. Done and gone. But, see, now you got room for the Charger and the Hellcat. Okay. So last night I'm I'm looking at cars again. I know Sorry, I just bought I just it. Started everybody. Sorry about that. I know I just bought it, but I'm I'm Why checking it out because uh, they. I don't know if you you heard about this at all, but they finally released uh, the information for the 2018 Dodge Challenger Demon, is what it's called. You gotta love a car that's called a Demon. Yeah. Wow. So this is in addition to the Hellcat. This is in addition to the Hellcat. They've been uh, doing teaser videos since 2004. Like, that's how long they've been saying, hey, we got this car that's going to be coming. <coughs> Sorry about that, guys. And so here's here's the thing about this car. The reason why they, they just released it is apparently it's in the new Fast and the Furious movie, which releases this last weekend. Oh, and I've never seen a single one of those. I know you've seen them all. We own them all. When are you going to come over? Let's have a movie <laughs> marathon. It's, I'll, I'll watch one sometime. I'll do that. You got to watch the series. They get better and better. Oh, no. So I got to like go through the first sucky ones and be like, no, no, no. It? You don't understand. You don't, you don't, there's a reason this is like the eighth movie in the series. That's they were crazy. They were so good. They weren't sucky. They were good. So, uh, so anyway, no, the, the, the new Challenger Demon, as it's called, is the largest production engine ever made. Uh, you can actually get 1.8 G-forces when you hit the gas. Like, that's how strong this engine is. This this is like talking about books for you. So, like, like, <laughs> no, no, no. You got to hear this. Okay. So the Hellcat. Feel my pain. The Hellcat is 707 horsepower, which is ginormous. Like, that's that's just a ticket or an accident waiting to happen. It is, but but the demon is eight hundred and forty horsepower. Eight hundred and forty, like that's so just insane. States. It it literally only has a driver's seat in it because it qualifies to be a drag racer. Like you can take it to the drag strip, and one of the options you can buy is the drag kit. So you put it on the back of your car so your car doesn't flip up, right? Because it's it's a drag racing kit. And and it's um You you know that when you started this conversation, right? The um there was like a digital burp and it made your voice kind of distort slightly. So it was like, and now there's a demon. You know, it was like a slight <laughs> digital burp. Like I was like, whoa, whoa, Pete, we're gonna have to do some some deliverance or something. Well, and so anyway, all, all I can say is, so I was on their website checking it all out just because <laughs> I just, I, for, I can't buy a car called a demon. It's got the little demon emblem on the side of it and everything. I'm like, I can't do that. By the way, if you want the passenger seat or the, uh, the back seat, it's a, it's an option for a buck. You can pay a buck and they'll, they'll actually give you the seats, but it's, no it's way. made to be a drag racer, but street legal drag racing car. What what's what's the price tag of this? Well, they haven't announced that yet. 
And so I'm really curious. So anyway, so I'm on the website. First board. (laughs) So I'm on the website. And and I'm the the next model coming out is called the Molec. Oh, right. There's actually an altar on it where you can offer your children on it as an offering. It might be worth it. No, but anyway, um, (laughs) so, so the, the Hellcat, I'm looking at it. The Hellcat, they are doing leases for the Hellcat. You can get a three year lease for only $508 a month with 3000 down. No, dude, I'm just looking at it going, no, (laughs) that's a steal. (laughs) It's a steal. That's all I'm saying. It, it's almost like numbers can spell out Pete. Pete, I, you could spell words with numbers. I'm just saying that the Charger version has four doors, so that's technically a family car. This is the Church Planner Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Church Planner Podcast. One last thing. I sent you that article. Of you the- know you're teasing them. All the church planners out there like, I'll never even sit in one of those. No, you will. No, for $508, you're going to have people in your congregation showing up in a Hellcat. Like, that's just, that's cheap. That's cheap. That's true. Uh, now I kind of want one now that you said that. I'm telling you. Oh, dude, please get one. <laughs> so, so, um, I didn't see, I don't even remember where I was going to go. I, I had a great story along. Oh, 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 I sent you the article. This is great. So, this guy bought the Hellcat Charger, uh, no, Challenger version, which is the two door version. Not a family car. And he decides at like two o'clock in the morning that he's going to, you know, he's with his friends and he's on uh, some toll road in like, I don't know, Minnesota or something. And he's like, hey, I'm just going to open her up. He hits 158 miles an hour as he passes a cop on the side of the road. No way. Yes. And the cop like uh, it it says that. uh, The cop spotted him at mile marker 13, but it took to like mile marker 10 for the cop to catch up. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, the guy ended up not getting a speeding ticket. They just arrested him. They're like, no, sorry, we just got to arrest you and have your car towed. But uh, yeah, man. Yeah, he got that thing up to 158. It's insane. I'm, you know, he was by the company to do that, right? You know, he was like, it was worth every penny. Oh, yeah. He was the Hellcat Patsy. They were like, look, you got to do this for, for promotion and we'll make it worth your while. We got a witness protection program all set up for you. That's why, that's why I'm like, I, I'm looking every time I get in my car, I'm like, dude, I'm a ticket waiting to happen. Cause when you got that kind of power, I don't have the Hellcat, but I got the RT dude, and I'm like, come on, don't die as well, well because I, it's like you got to like there. maneuver in traffic in Southern California, right? I got to get out in front. It's like, I have no problem. Like, Moving in front of people because I got the listen, power. Listen, I care about you, but I don't speed much. I have to get Barry on the podcast. <laughs> I don't okay? speed much. I don't know how to emphasize how serious this is. <laughs> I don't speed much. I just because I'm, you know, I don't. I don't want to have to be the guy that shows up to church planning conferences and I'm like, I lost my partner. I lost my partner to a Hellcat. <laughs> to a Hellcat. Yeah. So, uh, hey, who's uh, who's today's... What's uh, that guy? He who? lost his partner a few years back to a Hellcat. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better to say to a Hellcat than to a demon. <laughs> I lost my partner to a demon. That's right, man. So, uh, so, hey, who's today's podcast being brought to everyone by? 
Oh, well, funny you should ask that. Reaching and reach. <laughs> Book.com. If you go there right now, you get 40% off my book. Cha-ching. Is it really 40% off? 40% off. You know what's Hence so funny it. is that's a great deal, and I'm still not going to buy it. But anyway, go on with your story. Well, you're waiting for the audiobook. I know that's that's true. When you when you only teased me with the first three chapters of the audiobook, I immediately rebuffed you and said, No, you come back to me when you can give me the whole audiobook. That's right. So you get the first three chapters, which are read by yours truly. I can guarantee you Did, when the audiobook comes out, I will not be reading it. I will get the same guy who read my first one. He they was, won't let you read the whole audiobook? What's that? No. Why no. not? Because they're coming out with the other one. They don't want to detract from sales. No, but I mean, why don't they let you do the professional one? No, I know. Hey, hey, I could still do it. It could just Look, be on the line. I'm, I'm not going to say who this is, but there was one audiobook that the guy who wrote it was so bad at reading his own book, I couldn't finish it. And if I told you who it was, you'd yeah. be a little bit crushed because you really like the guy. And with good yeah. reason. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just, it was a really bad audiobook. You Ooh. would be really entertaining. That's why I don't know why they don't just let you read the book. Yeah. Well, if you guys want to hear these three chapters of me reading to hear, because literally. Except like all except A. David's friend thinks your voice is really annoying. But, you know, other than that. Yeah. A. David's friend is dumb. There, I said it. <laughs> Email Pete at churchplanet.com. There you go. <laughs> Remember, it goes straight to the recycle bin. But the, the, the reality is... Um, I now I'm thinking about my voice annoying that guy. Thanks, man. You crippled me. Thanks. Gonna be stuck with that in my head forever. Um so yeah, man. Um if you guys want, uh you you get it forty percent off. You get the first three chapters of the audiobook, you get jump school, and we mean the core team training, you get the uh study guide and videos, and then on top of that, you get the director's commentary for it and you're going to get uh cracking the whip which is the ebook that goes alongside of it these are all exclusives for pre-order so uh yeah a little 40 percent off and all those freebies too i dig it man i dig it and if you order by the case if you order two cases for every two cases i will give you a half hour that's 24 uh books in a case that means if you want to buy it for your church plant and take your people through it Thank you, Trini. That was for emphasis. Um, you can take your core teams. You can take your churches through it, take your small groups, and I will even do a Zoom call for, for 30 minutes with your peeps. So um, everyone minutes, jump on the uh, everyone jump on the reaching the unreached train. Reaching. Hey, that was good. Pete. You should mm -hmm. be a marketer. Reaching reach the unreached And there is a button on the page that will allow you to order by bulk. Bulk. I love it. You like that? I do. That's a good word. Bulk. I do. I do. Bulk. Hey, and this particular episode of the Church Planner Podcast is also being brought to you the by the Business Growth Consulting for Bivo Pastors. I can't even say my own program. You're just doing that because I did it. Now you're like, oh yeah, you know, if Peyton gets stabbed, fine. No, fine. that was actually that was actually you on every other podcast that we had. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> oh, and and it's also brought by my book. Wait, I got a book coming out, everybody. <laughs> I know. I just made it up because right now we're in between sponsors. Yeah, we're in between sponsors. In other words, no one wants to touch us. <laughs> That's not true. I just got us a lead this week. 
Hey, all I can tell you is uh, MoGiv, they used to be such a great sponsor, and then our guy left, and no one else there will even talk to us. That's the problem. <laughs> no one else, everyone else there is like, uh, yeah, we're, we're not going to return this guy's emails. Um, he's out. So, yeah. Anyway, hey, check the show notes and, and get the Bivo uh, Church Planner Manifesto. That's all I can say on that one. Get the Bivo yeah, Church Planner Manifesto. I think it's actually com. Yeah. And, you know, just just to say this, I am going through the uh, program right now, and it's amazing. It, it is pretty good, isn't it? It's really good, man. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, mm. it's good. I like it. Mm. So uh, let's actually get into our topic. Great, Scott. It's time for this week's topic. I've missed Doc Pete. I know. I should. I really got to load up all the sound effects. I just yeah, haven't done it. What's up with that? Well, remember my computer crashed and I had to get a new one. I just haven't loaded any of them into my uh, soundboard. Well, it's okay because I sent you like 186 of them. And they're all and, Star Wars. They were so good. I mean. They're all Star Wars. And then uh, what was that one with? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I work for no one. Yeah, that one. That one. What I what? have. No name. <laughs> well, you see, in the uh, the art of, uh, you know, I can't. You see, that might be the problem there. The, uh, you know, if you don't, if you lack the gameful employment. Yeah, there you uh, go. It's great. Yeah. I thought that was a stupid one, but it's kind of like books. They're just stupid. Oh, love it. I love that whole movie. Brother, where art thou? Oh, that's what it was. not seen that film, go see it. Yeah. So what is today's topic? We're going to talk about the spiritual gifts. What? Yeah, we get into the nitty gritty, Pete. We're gonna talk about what they are. Talk that we're gonna ask for them by name today. Cool, let's do it. Okay, well, hey, first thing for you to know, talking about the spiritual gifts, and if you remember, we start off with Ephesians four, and we kind of kick down the fact that uh, your spiritual gifts, by way of introduction here, you got those five roles, and every church planner ought to know there are five different types of leader. Uh, given yourself to team leadership in your church government, which is very biblical. And you don't have to have all five, but you shouldn't just be the one guy trying to do five different jobs. No one can do that. So there are five roles of equippers. Um, there are equipping gifts, the apostolic, the prophetic leader, the evangelist, the shepherd, and the teacher. And those are equipping gifts. Um, don't think of them necessarily as roles. I say roles often. But really, they're gifts, and it, it actually is uh, positioned in Ephesians as, and he has given, he has graced the church with. So again, these are gifts. There's the apostolic gift, the prophetic gift, the evangelistic gift, the shepherding gift, and the teaching gift. All of these are speaking gifts. They're equipping gifts, but really, the main players are, and so think of them as kind of like coaches, the main players are what Paul goes on to say, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Now, Paul gives uh, five different lists in the New Testament. Most people think there's two. For example, they see 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, and they think, okay, there are only two. But I want to give you uh, Romans. Um, really, th- there are... Uh, there are, uh, there's different breakdowns in 1 Corinthians 12. So 
Let's let's talk about Romans 12. Let's just list them off. These are the ones that he talks about. Prophecy, ministry or serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, governing or leading, and lastly, showing mercy. You probably don't think about that as a gift, but it's a gift. Um, then in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 29 through 30, he gives apostles, prophetic, teaching, miracles, healing, tongues, and interpreting tongues. In 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, he gives word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, kinds of tongues, and interpreting tongues. Then in Ephesians 4, he gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And lastly, in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, he mentions apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, healings, helping, leading, and diverse tongues. So it's important to know that in these lists, Paul duplicates both in 1 Corinthians 12, he duplicates, and also in um, Romans 12, he gives um, some different ones. And so we don't have anywhere in the New Testament a comprehensive list of the gifts. That's important to know. We don't have a comp. It's not like, hey, here's a comprehensive list. Um, even even hospitality, which is mentioned, is a spiritual gift, but it's not. Um, where's it's not mentioned? Huh? Where, where's driving fast? Uh, again, not listed, <laughs> but quite possibly a gift. No, but this this is what's important to realize. So, for example, prophecy is mentioned in all five of these listings. Um, and, 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 he, and he argues in 1 Corinthians 14 that prophecy is the most important gift. However, in all of the listing of the gifts, he mentions tongues last, as if that's the least important gift. And in fact, Paul, again, he makes the point that that's for you. Like, it's not for the wider edification of the body. It's your, some people call it your prayer language. It, it, it is personal, edifies only myself, Paul says. And Paul says, hey, you know, I speak tongues more than any of you. So um, again, uh, it, it's not that it's not important. It's just the least important. And some scholars believe that the, uh, the, the order that the gifts are listed are actually um, important. Uh, including an apostolic, prophetic, evangelist. And I believe those are chronological. I believe those are sequential. Like they show the development of what's needed. So, for example, apostolic, uh, those are the frontline guys. Prophets come and encourage new works. See that in Acts 13. Then the evangelists, in the case of Corinthians, after Paul moves on and Priscilla and Aquila are there. Then you have Apollos come back through, do a second wave of evangelism. Shepherd and teachers establish the church. So um, I do believe there's a chronology there. But it should be noted that miraculous gifts such as tongues, healing, miracles are only mentioned in 1 Corinthians. They're not mentioned in the Romans passage. They're not mentioned anywhere else in the epistles. Okay, you see them operating in Acts, but that's the only place in the epistles. So anyways, because we don't have a comprehensive gift, um, then it, it begs the question that, like I said, hospitality being a spiritual gift, that there are gifts which are not mentioned 
in in the scripture that may very well be. So nowhere does the scripture say, hey, these are the only spiritual gifts. There may be other gifts as well. And so going back to my earlier point, when he says um, there seems to be orders of importance. So, for example, in 1 Corinthians 12, he says first, secondly, and thirdly. And that seems to indicate the order of importance, uh, not the order in which they're given. Okay. <clears throat> and that that fits the context of the scripture where they were giving the order of importance to be tongues. Like they saw that as the, the end all be all. Hmm. So because there's overlap of the gifts in these lifts and they're not perfectly identical, um, you know, it, it, it should be, um, you know, it, it would be hard, for example, to demonstrate between Romans 12 and first Corinthians 12, where it says the gift of mercy is different than the gift of help and the gift of giving. Like, for example, the gift of mercy is when you help someone, you're showing them mercy when you're giving, you're showing someone mercy. So when we go and serve a community, we tell them it's like grace. If we do, um, it's like this salvation gift. It's, it's a gift from God. It's unearned. It's undeserved. It takes you by surprise. And we see those gifts of helps and giving as in a, a physical embodiment of God's grace, right? So when Jesus says like, Hey, which is easier to say? Um, take and take up your mat and walk or, um, your, your sins are forgiven. And Jesus says, nonetheless, so you will know that this man's, uh, sins are forgiven, that the son of God has the authority to forgive sins. This man has been healed. So the, there are sometimes physical giftings that are given, such as miracles, healings that spell out God's grace. They're physical manifestations of the grace of God. Okay, so um, you shouldn't see these things as, woo, we're going to have a circus and woo, we're going to throw a show. They're always meant to be visible representations of God's grace and God's goodness. Um, All the gifts are about grace. All of them are. Every single one of them. And if you don't understand that, then you're like, well, why do we have these? Well, they're for witness more than anything else. That's why Paul says, look. Uh, if it's just for me, tongues, um, then it's the least important one. But the ones that are for edification of others. So when you get a word of prophecy, this, this is important to notice as well, is that prophecy in the New Testament is never discouraging. Prophecy is always gracious. God is always speaking words of grace to people. So that's why when someone comes in and they're, you know, whipping it up and, you know, sweating and turning all red. Let's say the Lord God, well, I, die, you know, I think I got to stop you in that one. I don't know that I buy that, that it's sure. always gracious at all. I mean, there's, there's definitely prophecy in the old Testament where it's like, you're going down, right? Not and, gracious. And, yeah. And absolutely. And, and Jesus speaks to the church directly where he he literally he he gives them some fighting words. My next book, uh, Reaching the Unreached, uh, Become Raiders of the Lost Star, Ching. It mentions this. It starts off with the letters to the seven churches. By no means does God not have rebuke. In fact, Paul tells Titus, he says, you know, he says, exhort, encourage, and rebuke. And so uh, with all authority. So those three different practices 
are to be found. We are told to rebuke where necessary. But when you see prophecy enacted in the scripture, it's always encouraging. That's not to say God doesn't judge. So, for example, I see. I don't know that I buy that one, though. I mean, I'll have to think of some specific examples, but uh, I get it. I get it. I had the same thing when that was first. uh, Yeah, I I don't know that I'm buying that one. Given to me. And yet and yet when God speaks, he might give a warning. He might give an admonition. He might give an exhortation, but he does not condemn through prophecy. And that is the way in the New Testament church, you never see condemnation coming through prophecy. And when I see someone condemning the people of God, claiming to be God's mouthpiece with words of condemnation, mm. I immediately smell a rat. I'm like, Mm-mm. word of admonition, fine. A word of warning, fine. Um, prophecy that is that is not positive in the sense, like I can remember sitting with Jeff years ago, and um, he just, we were praying, and he just said, hey, so-and-so is in adultery. I said, really? He said, yeah. He goes, they're, they're, they're in adultery, and they're going to confess soon. And I said, really? And Which Jeff was very trustworthy. And I said, okay. And now Jeff didn't know this, but God knew. And it was the week before Christmas. And the day after Christmas, I'll be darned if that person didn't sit in my living room on Boxing Day, day after Christmas, come over in tears, sit down and confess, I'm in adultery with so-and-so. And I wasn't shocked. I was ready for it. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, and that's that's how it works. So... The, uh, and, and I suppose in a way it's, it's important to know that, um, even, even with prophecy in the Old Testament, Pete, there's not any prophecy in the Old Testament given to God's people where there is not a word of encouragement. Like, for example, Joel, right? Um, he, it's judgment. The locusts have come upon him. And then he gives the Joel 2 prophecy, which Peter quotes at Pentecost. Hey, this is when the Lord, there's a day coming. Isaiah, the last part of the book, right? From chapter 40 on. After the first ones are the cycles of judgment, where he tells them, you're going through this. Then there's the encouragement. Daniel, where he tells them, hey, you're going to go through this. Then, boom, the encouragement. There's always the redemptive, restorative plan of God given at the end of every prophecy anyway, showing God's heart. Because prophecy is God's heart. Even even in Jesus' words to the seven churches, at the end of those, you always find Jesus going, but to he who overcomes, Hmm. I will. Give the right. It, it, there's always God's heart coming through, which is going to be encouragement, grace, restoration. That is always God's intention. Just cool. Yeah. I can dig that. Okay. I'll let you slide on this one. I, I, I got, I got no, uh, I got, I, I need to come up with some actual examples and, and maybe I'll find <laughs> out that I'm wrong. It, it, it yeah. happens more often than not when it comes to the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I, I I shouldn't build you up too much, Pete. I've created the thing which might destroy me. I don't even know where to go with that. I don't know. I don't know. There's nowhere to go with that. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. So, so let's talk about <clears throat> these gifts in and of themselves. What are they? Well, first off, so you you've got these different gifts, right? Obviously, the Holy Spirit gives them. They're gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're not natural abilities. 
And what I love about it is when Paul introduces them, he keeps saying they're the same spirit. The same spirit has strategically given various gifts. So he goes in, in 1 Corinthians 12, he goes, there is once, excuse me, one spirit. And he lists them off through the Father, the, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So he, he says there is one Father, you know, and then he mentions some of the gifts. And then he goes, the, there is one, uh, there is one spirit. And then boom, 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 boom. And then he cloaks it all by going, and there is one spirit over all who has distributed these various gifts as he wills. So he has handpicked you to, 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 to bear a certain spiritual gift that he wants to express himself through you. Now, it's probably not going to be contradictory to your temperament or your personality, but there will be a supernatural aspect to it. Like, for example, um, none of the gifts can I do um, without the uh, help of the Holy Spirit. So, like, I could probably get up in a pulpit and entertain people, right? I, I think I have the gift of gab, naturally. But there's something that happens where I can feel the power of the Holy Spirit come upon me, and I know that someone's life has changed or transformation has happened in the pew. Um, uh, somebody gets saved. Um, there are times I bomb in a sermon naturally, but the Spirit of God is on me and something happens. And so the gift of preaching is not the same as talking in a way that entertains people. Talking good. That's not preaching. Hmm. Preaching is when true soul change happens, and I can't do that. That has to be the Holy Spirit. Often with that, there will be something like a witness of, you know, authority. There will be authority and weight. People's souls will be warmed. People might repent. I mean, things happen in people that I can't do. And the same with with. With tongues, like for example, um, they're not at will. You can't just bust out tongues at will. Um, when Paul talks about, I speak tongues more than any of you. Paul's saying, look, this happens and it's not, you know, it's not because I just do it more than you. It, it, it's something that happens. It's like the gift of healing. I can't just bust out the gift of healing. The gift of healing happens. I might pray for healing and it happens, but it's not that I make it happen. If that makes sense. Does that, does that kind of, yeah, I get it. But what Paul emphasizes in first Corinthians 12, he says in the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man in verse seven. And then in verse 11, he says, but all these work that one and the self spirit divides to every man severally or diversely as he will. And then he says in verse 18, but now God has set the members, every one of them in the body, as it is pleased him. So God is really bending over backwards to say, this is unique to you. And if you have these different gifts, you should operate in them. So I, I think most of our gifts lie dormant. And that's where Paul comes along to Timothy and says, stir up the gift of God that's within you. So you still have a responsibility to operate in it. Um, like, for example, you might have the gift of prophecy, but you're, you're shy and timid about it. No one's validated that gift in you. No one's ever said to you, um, gosh, you know, when you, when you prayed, because I notice a lot of times when people, when they don't exercise the gift of prophecy, often it comes out in prayer. So I would say that when I pray for people, um, that's often where the gift of prophecy happens. Or if I'm sharing the gospel, 
I can be sharing the gospel with someone. Often it happens to me either through praying for someone as I lay hands on them or, and, and remember, Paul said, do not neglect the prophecy that was given uh, to you by the laying on of my hands. So that that's often where it happens for me, right? Because it's it's a word spoken to someone to equip them for ministry, but often with non-believers, I'll be speaking. I remember speaking to this one guy in Wales. We were in a Starbucks, and I was sitting down with him and another guy um, who's the evangelist at the church, and um, we are having this awesome discussion. These were totally unchurched people. And this one guy started raising his voice and getting really upset and started, uh, you know, all these cuss words and blasphemy coming out of his mouth. And I looked at him and this, this isn't the only time, like I could tell you the exact, almost an identical story of something that happened in Long Beach with a guy who's demon possessed. And I looked at the guy and I said, I just knew right then I said, look, uh, that guy who hurt you, who was a Christian or did it in the name of God, um, and, and it was a sexual. It was He was molested, and I knew he had been molested. It was just a word that came to me like I knew it. It was prophetic. It was, you know, some people might call it a word of knowledge, but I suddenly had an insight. I knew exactly what had happened to this guy, and I just spoke it in boldness. I exercised that gift. I had to be willing to do that, and as I did, it was like he stopped dead in his tracks. And he, he just looked at me with a bit of fear, kind of like Paul says, when we prophesy, fear comes upon them and you know God is among you. And he looked at me and said, how did you know that? And I said, I didn't. God knew it. And he wants to let you know he's nothing like that. It has nothing to do with him. And that guy got baptized. He got saved. He's mm-hmm. still walking with the Lord to this day. And, and that is the purpose of these gifts. These gifts function again that was a word that man needed at that moment it literally derailed him off of his anger and it suddenly let him know it was the voice of jesus saying to him i saw that that person hurt you and and i i think at the time i said something like what happened to you was from the pit of hell you know boom boom boom. like there was emotion in it because i was i knew it you know i could see it i could feel it so guys this isn't science fiction you know a lot of things that that we watch on our movies. Um, you know, I always watch like the superhero movies and things like that. You know, um, obviously being a team church planner, right in church zero, I see the Avengers and that's the reason we relate to that crap is because it's not crap. It's real. Like, like everybody has gifts. Everybody has a superpower. Everybody has <clears throat> some role to play. In the body of Christ. If you ever watch a movie, M. Night Shyamalan came up with a movie called um, Lady in the Water. And a lot of people hated it. What'd you call him? Lady in the M. Night Shyamalan? Shyamalan? Is that it? Shyamalan? Yeah. Shyamalama Ding Dong? Shyamalan. (laughs) So, uh, anyways, Shyamalan. See, you live in Britain. You don't, you know, and this dude hits it big, you know, Shyamalan. That's what we say over there. But uh, but Shyamalan. So he wrote a, a a script called Lady in the Water, and he he admits he goes, this is from Hindu mythology and blah blah blah. But if you watch the movie, it's really about people discovering their gifts and their unique role to play in an adventure or a mission. And see, I can't watch that stuff without seeing biblical truth and going, this is just how the universe is hardwired, right? Like 
this is how things work. So I pay attention to movies because I often see that movies are God's way of of letting us know, hey, this is truth hardwired in the universe that people mm. are discovering. Kind of like they discovered the laws of gravity or you know, the 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 the, the laws of second the second law of thermodynamics. People discover these things that God hardwired into the universe. And uh, and that's what's happening with the gifts. That's why we relate. It's how things were designed. If that makes sense. I dig it, man. I dig it. Well, how are we doing on time? We're 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 at the end of my time. So <laughs> okay. So uh, so if people want to hear my great input on this topic, then we have to stop. We have to stop right now, or we got five minutes to sum up. We got to stop right now. <laughs> okay. Well, guys, there you have it. So this podcast has been brought to you by Awesome Bible Manifesto and Reaching the Unreached. Uh, And SimplifiedChurch.com. They haven't abandoned us yet. I forgot about them. (laughs) Oh, you can't forget about... Look, guys, you can't forget about SimplifiedChurch.com because if you are not a math pastor, they are. If God has not given you a spirit of IRS compliance... They do. That's where you head on over to. Simplifychurch.com. Like Paul said, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Hey, everyone can't be the eye. Everyone can't be the hand. And that was my way of cramming a little bit more in. You can't all be math pastors. So go to Simplifychurch.com. And uh, guys, this has been the Church Planner Podcast. Sorry, we're a little bit short this week. But uh, we're going to get back into the nitty gritty next week and probably finish off the series. But this has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you if you want to reach those nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Church Planner Magazine.